Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year, and welcome to Gavin with Gav's Announcements, HP Edition. So my name is Gabriella, and I'm here with a couple of announcements for you guys. The 411 on Highland Park Christian Church. So buckle on up, because I've got a couple announcements for us today. So announcement number one is... Um, if you know of anyone or if you would like to sign up for Grief Share, we'll be starting a Grief Share group session Wednesday, January 20th. Wednesday, January 20th at 6.30 p.m. Um, and Grief Share is a 13-week series. So you can register online at griefshare.org. And if you have any questions, you can email um, email Dave Dunson at David D at hptulsa.com or you could call the church office and they'll get you connected um, with him. So um, another thing is we're going to be starting Core 52 this week. So starting tomorrow, January 4th, you can crack open your Core 52 book that you've gotten and just start start off with our schedule that we have at hptulsa.com. And if you don't have the Core 52 book already, you can um, purchase it online at hptulsa.com. You can pick it up at the church. You can order it from Amazon. Um, but we definitely want you to get involved in that because it is going to be so powerful, so helpful for this upcoming year. And I'm super excited to dig into it. Uh, Nathan's really excited to dig into it. And um, just looking forward to, to get deeper into the word. Um, and then finally, if you have kids... Um, you can go to hptulsa.com every week. Our children's uh, director, Michelle, puts up these amazing children's lessons um, that just teach kids more about the Word of God and about who Jesus is. And so you don't want to miss out on that. That's really good stuff. Finally, we are going to be doing uh, communion together um, at your homes. And so if you want to listen to um, this video that's about to be played, you can just listen to that and take your bread and take your juice and contemplate the sacrifice, contemplate and remember what Jesus has done for you, what he's done for me, what he's done for your children, your children's children, for your parents. He's done it for all of us because he loves us. And so take this time to um, meditate on what he's done Listen to the words of the song. It's super powerful. I'm going to pray for us, and then we will get started. Oh, and next week, January 10th, I believe, we will be back doing our hybrid in the building um, and also online. So you can choose the way that you want to join us next week. All right, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all that you've done for us, all that you have done for your people. We thank you that you have chosen us, that you have made us new, that you have you have made us a new creation, that you have promised us a lifetime of love and joy with you. We thank you and uh, we look forward to seeing what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Take the 
I'm standing here in the uh, the food pantry. I thought it was right for me to be in, a, in what we call the 220 Center, uh, which houses our food pantry and home improvement ministry uh, for biblical counseling. Thought it'd be good for me to be here as a way to say thank you for your generous gifts uh, over the holidays where we were able to give an above and beyond gift to bless this ministry that cares for so many people in our neighborhood who are in a hunger crisis, but who also have crisis of lack of friendship or emotional support or spiritual support. And we have people who are able to walk alongside them. So thank you for your generosity. We'll be giving you some more updates in the future about how that was a blessing uh, to that ministry. So thank you so much.
My name is Brian, and I'm so glad to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, wherever you are uh, watching this, we ask you to participate online. If you're watching this live at 1030, you can join the chat. Make sure and let us know that you're here in the chat. Also, there will be times for you to click a button if you would like someone to pray with you. We have prayer hosts that would love to do that. If you're watching this later, you can still click the prayer button that you see at hbtulsa.com, and we would love to connect with you that way. Uh, either way, we're just so glad that you joined us, and Happy New Year! Happy 2021! I know for a lot of people, 2020 
felt like, you know, just a, a shipwreck. We're going to use that word today. Have you ever been on a boat or ship or maybe in a car and you started to get that motion sickness, feeling seasick? Oh, that's a bad feeling. I remember I was on an airplane between uh, Osaka, Japan and Manila uh, going over the ocean and it we were in a storm and it was just the plane was going up and down and up and down and you could just feel everybody starting to get more and more nervous. I was sitting by the wing of the plane so you could look out and the lights on the wing would light up to see the rain just pounding the airplane. There was lightning around. You just feel so small in that little bitty airplane with the vast ocean below you. And people were getting more and more tense. They also had an in-flight movie playing and uh, it was one of the airplanes where not everybody had their own screen. There was just a few big screens all around so everybody was watching the same movie. Guess what movie it was? It was a blockbuster at the time. It was called the perfect storm. It's about a boat that gets shipwrecked and everybody's going down. And so the movie is getting more dramatic. The plane ride is getting more dramatic. Everybody's getting more quiet and more quiet and tense and it's getting really quiet in the airplane. And suddenly we hit this air pocket where the, the airplane just did one of those uh, and everybody kind of came up out of their seat until their seatbelt caught them and put them back down. And there was a man who was in a three-piece suit, businessman, briefcase. I mean, he was just decked out, looked super professional. And when we hit that little air bump, he screamed like a little girl. It was the loudest scream. And I, he probably, you know, assumed maybe some other people might scream. He was the only one who screamed. And the entire airplane, just everybody looked at him. <laughs> it was a moment I won't forget. But people were feeling sick. It's an awful feeling. Well, a lot of people have just felt that feeling of, man, my plans for the year have been shipwrecked. Everything seems to be going down. Life is tough. And some people just feel like everything I've tried this year has just been snake bit. In other words, it's failed. It hasn't worked. And some of you all, like myself, we've been quarantined at different times, maybe because you were sick you had to be in isolation or maybe you were around someone who was sick and you had to be quarantined. Well, there's a story in the Bible about the Apostle Paul and he actually wasn't just figuratively shipwrecked, he was literally shipwrecked. He was, his ship was wrecked, he was bitten by a snake, and then he was under house arrest, which is a lot like being quarantined all in a, in a, in a short time span. And so there's some lessons from that story that I think can help us live in 2021 the way that God intends. So if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 27, and I want to give you just a, a quick summary to try to bring you up to speed. So the Apostle Paul, uh, he was against Jesus, and then he had this miraculous conversion, and he was for Jesus, and he was preaching Jesus, probably the greatest missionary the world has ever seen. And uh, he was very bold, and he would preach Jesus even if it got him in trouble, and it got him in trouble a lot. It especially got him in trouble when he preached that the Gentiles, those were the people who weren't the Jews, could come to Jesus too. The Jewish leaders did not like that, and that got him arrested, and he had to stand on trial, and then he went to another trial, and if you read in Acts, there's a, a whole bunch of trials, one after another, with all these prominent um, it wasn't just Jewish, but then these Roman authorities as well. 
And so he keeps standing trial, which is a good thing for him because he keeps getting to share his testimony of here's how I came to follow Jesus. People keep hearing the same testimony over and over again. And finally, he appeals to Caesar as a Roman citizen. He says, I appeal to Caesar. I want to stand before Caesar. And that shocks everyone. But that means he and I think Luke was with him, Luke who wrote the book of Acts, uh, and maybe some others. And they get on a boat with a couple hundred other people and they set sail, hoping to make it to Rome. That's when a fierce storm hits, like hurricane type winds. And the boat is just going back and forth. And uh, the crew actually threw ropes underneath the boat and tied it up, hoping they could help hold the boat together. You're pretty desperate when you do that. They started throwing their own stuff overboard just to make the boat a little bit lighter. I mean, these, th these people thought they were going to die. And that storm just battered them all day long and all night long and the next day and the next night and the next day and the next night. Can you imagine how tiring this would be? 14 days of just nonstop just frightening terror, thinking that you're going to die, getting blasted by this storm. And that brings us to Acts chapter 27, verse 20. And this verse should not surprise us if we're thinking about being 14 days in this terrible situation. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Have you ever felt that type of hopelessness? Like there is no way that you're going to be saved. You just think that you're toast. But Paul stands up and he speaks, don't be afraid, have courage. Now he's a prisoner on board and he's given some advice. They have not taken it. They should have. But he says, don't be afraid. God is going to protect us and I have faith in God. But he does say, we're not going where we want to go quite yet. We're just going to need to find an island and run the boat as close as we can get to the island and hope we can all make it and try to get ashore. So Paul continues to encourage them, telling them they should even have something to eat. And then in chapter 27, verse 35, listen to this and don't miss the times that these same words have been used, not just by the Christians in the church, but by Jesus himself. Verse 35, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. Oh my goodness. Right on the ship, Paul has communion. He broke the bread. He gave thanks. Those are the words that we see over and over. What an incredible testimony that Paul is getting to share with everyone who is there. Finally, they see an island, and so they just cut the anchors, and they just head straight towards the island, and they hit a sandbar, and everybody's just going to say, swim for it. The, the person in charge of the centurion says, don't kill the prisoners, which some of them wanted to do. He's like, let everybody try to make it. So people swim. They find pieces of the ship that have broken off, and they float, and all 276 passengers make it to the shore, to an island called Malta. And they get there. And at this point, you know, they're trusting Paul a whole lot more. It's a miracle that they've all survived. Whew. 
He survived the shipwreck. Paul has an opportunity to share his faith. Now, was that whole shipwreck part of Paul's great plan? No. Was it part of God's plan? It sure seems to be part of God's mission. Paul getting to share his testimony. So they make it and they start a big fire because probably all their clothes are dripping wet and they want to warm up and the people from the, the island are kind to them. Paul is gathering up wood for the fire. He's already serving and helping. And when, he, when he's gathering up wood, a, a viper, a poisonous snake comes out and bites him on the hand. It says he shakes it off into the fire. And all of the people in the island are like, oh man, this must be a bad dude because of the gods have sent the snake to kill him. But Paul just shakes it off, and he's fine. And they're like, what? How, how did he live? Maybe he's a god. <laughs> oh, they just can't quite get it right. But Paul lives, and so he survives this snake, bit, snake bite and seems to be just fine. By the way, would you rather be in a shipwreck or be bitten by a poisonous snake? Ugh. I don't like either of those answers. So the, the chief of the island uh, welcomes them and they feed them and they take care of them. They're, they practice hospitality and they find out that the chief's father is very, very ill. So he had many fevers, probably a fever coming and going and very sick. And Paul goes to him and it says he lays his hands on him and he prays and the, and the man is healed. And so what do you think happens next? Well, word spreads and suddenly all the sick people on the island are being brought to Paul and to Luke. And Paul uses the plural here saying us. And so it seems like the others are helping heal people. And Luke was a doctor, so he may have been helping people with both medicine and through prayer. But they're caring for these people and helping them. And they end up spending three months on this island. Do you suppose a few people heard about Jesus during those three months? I mean, I just wonder how many people were baptized? How many of the sailors? How many of the people from the chief's family? How many of the people who were once sick or the family member who brought the sick friend there? How many people ended up following Jesus because of a shipwreck and a snake bite? Now, it's getting bit by a snake probably part of Paul's plan? No. But was it good for God's mission? Yeah. Sometimes what's bad for our plan, those things are good for God's mission. And that's exactly what was happening here. So after three months, they finally get a new boat and they make it to Rome and they get to Rome and Paul is still a prisoner here, but they don't put him in prison. They put him under house arrest. I have to assume that they trusted that Paul was not going to try to run away. He gave them his word. He had been kind. He had been shown to be trustworthy. And so he's in house arrest, which means he used to live in, in a little house or a little kind of apartment type place. And there's a, a guard always stationed with him so he can't leave. Doesn't that feel a little bit like being quarantined, you know, without the guard? And, and so he's there, and while he can't travel all over the place, you know what he can do? He can invite people over to the house. He can write letters. He can preach sermons. He can teach. He can do all of the ministry things in which he was so great at doing. Again, 
Is being under house arrest for two years part of Paul's plan? No, I don't think so. Was it good for Paul's plan? Probably not. Was it good for God's mission? Absolutely. So after a couple days of resting, he invites the Jewish leaders to come over. And now inviting the Christians is one thing, inviting the Jewish leaders, now you could be getting in trouble because the reason he's in prison uh, or under house arrest, the reason he's suffered so much is often because of the Jewish leaders, but he invites the Jewish leaders from Rome to come over, says, I'd like to share with you, would like to talk with you. And he has a very kind conversation. He doesn't blame them for all of his troubles. He doesn't point out the terrible things they've done to him and trying to kill him. Uh, no, he's, he's very kind to them. And uh, he realizes he has this great opportunity. So, what do you do when your plans are shipwrecked? We'll finish Paul's story in a moment. But there's some principles here, some things that we see that we can do when our plans are shipwrecked as well. First, when your plans are shipwrecked, don't panic. We never have see any sense of Paul panicking. Like the boat's going down, Paul's not panicked. A snake bites his hand, Paul's not panicked. You're, he's under house arrest, Paul's not panicked. Over and over, this is part of his life. Was it because he was never scared? No, I'm sure he was scared. Was it because he was never nervous? I'm sure he was nervous. But it was because he trusted God's plans more than his plans. And he knew that God could take whatever situation and use it for good. It doesn't mean that God sent that snake. He could have if he wanted to. But it does mean that God can take a bad snake bite and do something good from it. Even if Paul had to suffer a little while. Remember what Paul did when the snake bit him? He shook it off. Some of you need to shake off some stuff. You've been bitten by 2020. You've been frustrated. You've been angry. You've been sad. I don't want to blame you for any of those things. Those are real emotions that we've experienced. And God is compassionate. And he empathizes with us. But there's also a time and place in which we may grieve and we may be frustrated and we shake it off. We're not going to panic. We're not going to run around thinking that everything is lost because our plans have changed. We're not going to do that. Carrie Newoff says, flexibility is a superpower. David Gibbons calls adaptability the most important trait for churches in the 21st century. We're trying to adapt at Highland Park. We pray that you're trying to adapt too. I told you a few months ago about the story of, C. Or, uh, of um, Lewis and Clark. I almost said C.S. Lewis. Preacher mistake. Uh, Lewis and Clark uh, heading west on this great adventure. And the one thing they never planned for was the Rocky Mountains. And when you've got boats and you're really great at canoeing and you see the Rocky Mountains, you have to make some choices. What in the world do we do? Because you can't just paddle your boat over the Rocky Mountains. That's not going to work. It's going to be a real slow go trying to paddle up those things. So what we, what we read about is they did not panic. They kind of kept a level head and they're like, okay, we have to figure out a new way. And with, in your families, in your uh, rhythms of life, certainly in our church, we've had to try to figure out a new way. But for Lewis and Clark, their mission was not to paddle 
to the Pacific o Ocean. Their mission was get to the Pacific Ocean. Thomas Jefferson didn't care how they got there. And what I want to tell you is your mode of transportation may have changed, but the mission is still the same. Love God, love people, serve one another, pray for those who persecute you, care for your neighbor. See, the, the mission is the same. How we do that might be different. So we don't want to panic. Secondly, uh, when, our, when our plans are shipwrecked, we don't panic. But secondly, we keep showing kindness. It's so easy to become apathetic and just not care anymore and quit doing stuff and to quit serving. Uh, it's really easy to be bitter. We don't see any of that in Paul. And he could have expressed all of that. Instead, we see him gathering up firewood. We see him healing uh, the father of the chief. We see him being kind to the sailors on the boat. Kindness. My friends, keep at the kindness. Keep being kind to one another. Three, keep preaching the full gospel. All of the good news. It would have been tempting for Paul to avoid the Jewish leaders. Or maybe just to give a lesson about, you know, encourage one another that would have not been controversial. But do you know what he preached? He preached the same thing to them that got him in trouble with them uh, throughout a whole bunch of different cities already. He, it says in chapter 28, verse 28, this is part of his teaching to them. And it says right after he, he said this, people disagreed and some of them left. So it has the same effect. But here's what it is. God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. Paul is still after it. He's saying, guys, God loves the Gentiles too, the people who aren't like us, the people who don't look like us, the people who have different backgrounds than us. God loves them too, and they don't have to become like us in order to become Christians. They can just be Christians as they are, as uh, with their culture, with their language, and, and God loves them too. And see, the Jewish leaders hated them. They thought they were like dogs, less than. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. God loves them too. God has a plan for them too. They don't have to follow all of our, our customs. They have to follow God's law. And, and that's enough. How important was this message as part of the gospel? I mean, it's one of the last things we have recorded of Paul saying. Just a couple verses left to go in this whole book. I want to ask you, are there some people you despise? Some, some people you think they're less than because of their background, because of their culture, because of their skin color, because of their politics, because of what they've done to you in the past? If Paul were here today, and he was preaching a sermon to you, I think I know what it would be. I think he would say, the gospel is for those people too. Those people need to hear the gospel too. Acts ends this way. I want to read it to you. Verse 30. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. For two years, he does this. He welcomes him home. Is that what he had planned? No. But was it good for God's mission? Absolutely. He turns his house into 
a church building, into a Bible college, into an evangelistic center. He's able to do his ministry there. He could have pouted and said, this isn't how I planned. This isn't what I wanted it to be. But instead, Paul embraces the change, the difference, the shipwreck, the snakebite, the house arrest, the quarantine, and says, I'm going to follow God this way. People talk about what an abrupt ending it is to Acts. It just kind of ends like, well, what happened to Paul? According to Ethiopian tradition, after Paul's two years of house arrest, uh, he, he traveled some more, came back, um, baptized a relative of Caesar, of Nero, and then was eventually imprisoned and beheaded by the wicked emperor. We, we don't have that in the Bible, but Acts 28 just kind of leaves us hanging. And maybe Luke thought he would be able to write more at some point, but maybe it's just that Acts 29 is what we've been living ever since. Where does the gospel go from there? It goes all throughout Asia and Europe and Africa and America and hopefully throughout Tulsa today. Was that Paul's plan to get beheaded? Probably not. But was it good for God's mission? Yeah, God kept accomplishing his mission even when bad things happened. If your plans feel shipwrecked, I really want you to know God empathizes with you. He really does. He understands. But he may also be saying, okay, your plans have been shipwrecked. Do you trust me enough to still follow me? Do you trust me enough to think that this could actually be good for the mission of God? To be good for the kingdom of God. So, don't panic. Keep showing kindness. and Preach the full gospel, even when it's unpopular. That final word from Luke's pen as he was writing this book was that word unhindered. It carries the idea of, of being released from a rental contract. You're free to go. You don't owe anything more. And I pray that if you felt bogged down by sin or by pain or by frustration or by anger, you will run into 2021 unhindered, free to go, free to follow Jesus, away from the bondage you felt before. We have people who would love to pray with you. If you've never said yes to following Jesus, please click that button if you want to learn more. We'd love to visit with you and talk with you today. When you click either of those, just look over at the chat window, and that's where uh, somebody will, will be able to visit with you um, just right now. We would love to do that. So please don't hesitate to do that. We're so thankful that you joined us. We want you to run unhindered this year, free to follow Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for the freedom you give us. Thank you that even when our plans are shipwrecked, even when all of our efforts seem to be snake bit, even when we're under quarantine or stuck at home, we're not able to do the things that we wanted to do. We pray that that, that may not be good for our plans, but it may be very good for your mission. So help us to be on board with that. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.